Welcome back to the channel today, everyone. So this is the second week we're doing this. So this is great. Um, and I have a really amazing guest. I've been on her show quite a few times. Um, but before I kind of introduce her, I want to let you guys know. So if you guys are in the Westchester, Pennsylvania area this coming weekend, make sure you stop in, get your tickets. Uh, me, Chloe Cole, um, Elena Fishburne, uh, who is the founder of No Left Turn Education. Um, and then forensic nurse examiner tammy i don't know how to say her last name i don't want to mess it up but come check it out it's gonna be an awesome event um it's yeah just outside of philadelphia and then obviously go to my website check out everything there and without further ado i will introduce my guest carrie smith <laughs> welcome in <laughs> hello sorry i'm all wet and shiny uh i went to the gym and I just showered thanks for having me in my unkempt uh, of course <laughs> play, whatever you call it thank you for joining yeah so i've been on your show quite a few times um fairly similar formats um what i'm trying to do with this show so i figured you know what who better to join me on my second episode and my this first ever guest one? harry smith yeah <laughs> awesome i'm glad you're doing this yeah, this is, this is great. Well, and you know, I've been talking about doing a show and I was looking for a co-host for, for a long time and just ne nothing ever really worked out. So I just decided to go it alone. Yeah, uh, do it yourself, I think, because <laughs> I had a co-host for a while and he turned out to be a monster. So <laughs> yeah, I just and I never would have done it by myself, actually, if that hadn't happened. So that's actually, a, it was actually a blessing in disguise because I was too afraid to do something by myself. And yeah, uh, and it forces you to just, you know, whenever you do something that you're afraid of, whether it's public speaking, which is something I am afraid of. And so I do it whenever I can. Um, it just helps you get over those fears. So I know you texted yeah. me that you were trying to do it alone. That's still a fear of mine. I've only maybe done 10 like that because I've I'm not as used to, you know, some podcasters or YouTubers, it's just them in the camera. And yeah. I prefer to have a guest on to have conversations, but uh, it's a whole different thing to get over your uncomfortableness, just talking to the camera, right? Yeah, that, I mean, that was my first episode last week was just me and the audience and the camera. And it, I've been doing YouTube for quite a while, um, but it's scripted, edited very clean cut videos it wasn't just me rambling to a camera and that's mm -hmm. the hardest thing to do yes but i do public speak i give speeches and still it's like when you're talking about a subject matter it's a lot different because you're still just playing off the subject matter so it's it, it was it was an interesting experience so now i'm ready to do it more but i i like your style bring in guest hosts and we can uh, have a good conversation about yeah, it's fun topics to do both so we only got you for you know, for about 15 minutes. So you got to cut out. Um, yeah. If we get there, we'll, we'll, we'll cut you out. But I want to get into the first, um, the first story of the day, which actually it's, so you've been kind of going over the Twitter files, you know, everything that's been going on with the Twitter files, right? No, I have been going over the Twitter oh. files. Yes. <laughs> but I haven't caught up on them in the past, maybe two weeks. So okay. you're going to have so, to catch me up on what's happened most recently. I know there's a lot well, going on with Matt Taibbi. I was going to say, I don't know what's actually been put out in terms of the Twitter files, but yeah, I'll just launch this. So uh, Matt Taibbi and um, who is this? Uh, Schellenberger are the two kind of that pushed out a lot of the Twitter files and stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And so the, some of these exchanges are quite, I guess, awkward. So this one, it, to start it off, is kind of funny. So I'll play this real quick. In, uh, in your discussion, in your answer, you also said that you were invited by a friend, Barry Weiss. My friend, Barry Weiss. So this friend works for Twitter, or what is, what is her... Um... She's a journalist. Sir, I didn't ask you a question. I'm, I'm now asking Mr. Schellenberger. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Barry Weiss is a journalist. I'm sorry, sir? She's a journalist. She's a journalist. Do <laughs> so you work in concert with her? Um, yeah. Do you know when she first uh, was contacted by Mr. Musk? I, I don't know. You don't know. So you're in this as a threesome? <laughs> um, there was many more people involved than that. There was many more people involved with it. In, um, in your oh, my gosh. So what do you think, think about that? 
She doesn't seem very well versed on the Twitter files, the very thing she's asking about. It's sort of like, uh, well, yeah. And, and then she doesn't know who Barry Weiss is. That's kind of interesting, too. <laughs> right. Especially if you're going to be asking these questions, it's like very basic knowledge. But that's really a, a funny and unfortunate turn of phrase. So you guys were yeah. threesome. <laughs> I love that oh he got cracked up. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying. Okay, I can't find it. I I may have quote tweeted it, but I I said I I commented on this and I was like, um. So if it was more people than a threesome, then what's that called? A foursome. <laughs> it 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 was many more people than a threesome. <laughs> uh, that's called. Oh, I was trying to think of a good joke. That's called Burning Man. <laughs> well, yeah yeah Burning Man. I I, I want to go to Burning Man someday. That's like me and my neighbor. Like we are. I think that's one of our goals is to get out to Burning Man. <laughs> I understand it's, it's a many more than three people involved. Yes, it's a, it's a huge dance party. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was kind of the first line up of questioning. And then I can't believe she shared this to her Twitter page. Like she shared this line of questioning. And this is where Matt Tlaib comes kind of comes in. So when was the first time that Mr. Musk approach you about writing uh, uh, the Twitter files. Again, Congresswoman, that would. Uh, I just need a date, sir. But I can't give it to you, unfortunately, because this this is a question of sourcing, and I don't give up. I'm it's a journalist. A, I don't reveal my source. It's a question of chronology. No, that's a question because of sourcing. Because you earlier said that that someone had sent you through the internet some message about whether or not you would be interested in some information. Yes, and I refer to that person as a source. So you're not going to tell us when Musk first approached you? Again, Congresswoman, so you're asking me to yes you're no. asking a journalist to reveal so a source. So then you consider Mr. Musk to be the direct source of all of this? No, he, now you're, you're trying to get me to say that he he's is. like. I, 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 well, I just can't he answer your is question. Or he isn't. If you're telling me you can't answer because it's your source, well, then that only logical conclusion is that he is in fact your source. Well, you're free to conclude that. Well, sir, I just don't understand. You can't have it both ways. But He's not trying to have it both ways. He's telling you right. that he is not going to tell you anything about his source. And you're saying, well, was it this person? Was it that person? When was, th when was it this person? She's doing yeah. the uh, when did you stop beating your wife thing, you know? Yeah, but, it's like, I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. When no, did Musk right. first contact you? Let's say it wasn't Musk. How yeah. does he answer that question without revealing well, that's what, that it that's someone what it is. else? The yeah. correct question would have been, when were you first contacted by your source so right. you could get a chronological, you know, right. chron chronological order? She played it so that it was like, well, if you're not telling me it's Mr. Musk, then it's got to be Mr. Yeah. Mr. Musk. You know, it, it, it was. And, and again, she posted this on her page and it's like she thought she got some big win here. I mean, she got ratioed like crazy, I think so. And and I actually I, I talked about this. I, I'm the first one on there. I said you seek to end the First Amendment. You know, journalism isn't a crime, and y'all are doing the same thing with these journalists as everybody has done with Julian Assange for years. You know, when they expose wrongdoing, yeah. you seek to violate the Constitution. Yes, and that's basically what they're doing. They're they oh, and are... then I'm like underneath you, Clifton Duncan's like Matt Taibbi's a Republican. Because <laughs> yeah, because yeah, that's what her comment says. I will continue to fight extreme MAGA Republican lies, misinformation, outright conspiracy theories. Well, like, you even know who you're talking. to? No, she doesn't. <laughs> to be fair, she didn't know who Barry Weiss is. She doesn't know who Matt Taibbi is. <laughs> that is absolutely true. It's, oh my god, it's absolutely insane what these people are doing. And actually, um. In other clips of this same one, you see um, Jim Jordan stepping up and like you are continuously asking them to reveal their sources. And, you know, a journalist has to have some anonymity with their sources. They don't have to reveal their sources. Right. There's legal cases on this. So the fact that and, and I think I actually have. I might have one of them. But Jim Jordan basically said, you know, it was bipartisan legislation that um, it, it was bipartisan legislation that concealed, you know, sources. Um, and so it's really interesting. But yeah, I mean, talking about like Julian Assange, though, I actually went to see uh, the premiere of his brother's uh, movie, Ithaca. 
Okay, I haven't seen that. So it's a documentary, and it actually follows his dad throughout this whole process. Um, and his brother is a film producer, so it's kind of his work that he does anyway. So he kind of used his skills to create this documentary. And it's amazing to see, like, when you think about Julian Assange, it's like the only crime that he committed was exposing the lies of or exposing war crimes. And so he's right. the one, you know, the per, the publisher of the information is the one being, you know, you know, it's basically a shooting the messenger type thing, not shooting, you know, not going after the people that, um, you know, committed these war they crimes. And what's really interesting is. Julian Assange used to be like one of the darlings of the left. The left actually loved Julian Assange up until the Podesta emails were leaked by WikiLeaks. They do this a lot. Have you noticed? Because the left used to love Trump too. And, yeah. and culturally anyway, he was, he was beloved. The, uh, they also loved Elon Musk and they loved Matt Taibbi. Although now <laughs> right. they're starting to demonize him and call them MAGA Republican. This is what happens yeah. the minute you say anything that goes against the narrative. They act like they don't know who you are and that they don't know where you come from and that they loved you. And they're suddenly like, you know, you're this awful. They're trying to recreate who you are. I'm yeah. shocked they haven't done it to Chappelle yet. I think some of them are trying to. Well, they, I mean, obviously when he, uh, they did, they, I mean, obviously when they tried to cancel him after the, after he went after, you know, the trans jokes and all that stuff, like all that uproar, they tried to cancel him, but Dave Chappelle's too big to cancel. I think, you know? Yeah. He's, he's a little too big. Hey, I noticed in your chat, cheeky mare, my mod is here. <laughs> I was gonna, I was she say, says, you need to do a better job of communicating with your community when you're guest hosting, lady. You're right. I'm sorry. I forgot. I also am going to be on Midnight's Edge tonight. Let them know, Cheeky. Uh, but I was waiting. Sarah, did you tag me in a promo for this or anything? I don't think so. Okay, yeah. So I was waiting and I forgot. Uh, uh, I, I think that was one of the things that I had kind of forgot to do. It's been kind of a busy day. Um, but I tagged you in when I posted... Uh, when I created the, the the stream file for it, but that was okay. it. It was on okay. your YouTube. But well, was... I apologize. I'll link it afterwards everywhere. We did, yeah. Good uh, to see you, take cheeky. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's good. I mean, I love I love that you, you some of your audience is in here, and that's that's great. Um, but here, actually, this is this one's actually really interesting too. So let me see. Um, go in here, share this tab instead. So. This shows exactly how bad this whole hearing was when it came to this stuff. So it's a kind of a compilation. Who gave you access to these emails? Are you trying to get journalists? No, I'm not trying to get sources. Who gave you access to these emails? I'm not asking you your source. I'm asking you who gave you access to these emails? (laughs) I never asked their source. Who gave you access to these emails? You want to going to say I've asked back. for sources. I would, I would, uh, who gave you access to these emails? <laughs> ask for sources. Yeah, well, who gave you access to these emails? <laughs> I did not ask you who those sources were. Who gave you access to these emails? <laughs> the record, Wyoming the is recognized. Correct. Who gave you access to these emails? Again, Congressman, with respect, you. you asked me who gave me who gave I asked you who gave it to you. The ranking member of the Committee on the Weaponization of Government is asking for your sources. I'm not. I am asking, who gave you access to this? No, that's a question. Congressman, you're asking me to, you're asking a journalist to reveal a story. This is a false narrative. We're engaging in false narratives. I, 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 I well, it is or is or he because he's interested. You're not recognized. What he said is he's not going to reveal his source. And the fact that Democrats are pressuring him to do so is such a We're asking him about his conversation. I do think it's worth pointing out that I have co-sponsored. I think some of my colleagues have co-sponsored the SHIELD Act in previous Congresses with Democrats to protect what we see them trying to do today. Protect journalists from having to reveal their sources to government. That used to be a shared position in the Congress. Unfortunately, as we're seeing now, it's not the position anymore. Who gave you access to these emails? (laughs) I never asked them for their source. (laughs) We are going to tell the truth. That's (laughs) hilarious. I'm not going to reveal my sources. 
Wow. Isn't that it just... Was, I mean, it was perfect. That's basically who, who where gave we're you at access in to these 2023. They just say whatever now. And it doesn't matter if there's, there could be video footage like this that directly contradicts where they con directly contradict themselves. And it doesn't matter anymore. We live in such no. a weird time where smoke and mirrors, it's fine. Narcissists are doing great in this culture. Anyone who's like, you know, engaging in darvo lying right out in the open it's like it doesn't even matter anymore it's so crazy no you're no you're absolutely right like this one that was just it was so perfect it was like no i'm not asking your sources but who gave you access to the email <laughs> <laughs> this like, is like when like that's like it's that's like not when, your source <laughs> exactly it's 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 basically it's like when twitter said no we don't shadow ban under oath you know, and they've said they didn't shadow ban. And then it came out in the Twitter files that they do shadow ban, but they don't consider it lying because they call it visibility filtering. Yeah. We don't shadow ban. We visibility filter. We don't shadow ban. We visibility filter. It's the same. Yeah. <laughs> You're lying. Yeah, <laughs> but even, even that's the other thing, though, is even Elon Musk has done the same thing with Twitter. Right. He said, we're going to get rid of the shadow banning. But we will give you, you know, we'll punish you with access to like, we'll, we'll punish your reach. You won't be, if you're, if you're posting these types of things, your reach will be diminished. It's like, that? that's shadow banning. Well, wow. <laughs> yeah, sure you published that at one point. It's like, what are you talking about? That's shadow banning. Duh. Welcome. <laughs> that's like, <laughs> it, 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 it goes to, and this is why we always get your streams canceled. It goes back to even look at during Fauci during COVID. Yeah. It's like, um, remember when he told when he said that we we never what was it um gain of function research we never conducted gain of function research and twitter we we never conducted gain of function research twitter so you know i'm not saying that or youtube I'm not saying we did but um but, he, but then, then we, he called it something like um evolutionary growth research or something like that okay right so what is that? <laughs> you know, it's the same thing. It's like it's it's you use a, different words that mean you use synonyms to mean the same thing, but it to confuse people that it's not the same thing. And unfortunately, and there's did, a lot of people we, that will believe them. We also funded it in the Wuhan lab. The NIH did, and they've since canceled that funding. But that's also yes. that's also that's, by that, hand because it's like, well, we're not doing it. China's doing it, but we're paying them money to do it. allegedly allegedly no, no this is in the record this is in oh the is record. it okay okay yeah. I, you want, I, 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 I i i yeah. just want to make sure youtube knows that we're we're not saying <laughs> what we're saying okay okay you're right sorry i don't want to get you second episode no, no, no. i would do the same thing to you so it's okay. i mean how many times have I almost got you banned? That's kind of funny. <laughs> it's it's sort of a joke. I for some reason I think they don't. Um, I know some people that get flagged all the time, like Adam Krigler gets a lot of strikes. And when yeah. I hear some of the stuff that people get strikes for, it's I feel pretty lucky because so far I've just gotten you know copyright stuff. Anyway, well that's actually interesting because yeah, when I was on Timcast a few weeks ago, um, we talked about a lot of the trans issues on the after show. Um, and one of the reasons is because what we were talking about, uh, Tim was like, if you talk about this on YouTube, it will get a strike. Like, so, I mean, I guess uh, some people have gotten strikes for the same stuff. I just mentioned, I said, okay, just put trans woman in the title or trans women reacts in the title. And it will be absolutely fine because that's what I do. And even when I get ad limited, if I put trans woman in the title, it fixes it. <laughs> I'm going to put trans woman in my title. You should. <laughs> it's like, what, what was one of my recent video names? Why the Oscars suck and a trans woman. What does that have to do with anything? Nothing. I just needed the title. <laughs> did you watch the, was it the Oscars last night? I did not watch the Oscars yet. Uh, however, and I do want to go back and watch clips. I'm not going to watch the whole thing. I never watch the Oscars. I just find that kind of stuff boring. But I will watch the highlights. Um, but I watched an old clip from 20 years ago, 2003, of Michael Moore 
at the Oscars and he gets up and he says, we live in a fictitious world with fictitious election results that put a fictitious president in office who's trying to get us into a fictitious war for no reason. And I just had to pause it because I'm like, what year is this? Who's he talking about? You can't say that now. Isn't that crazy? No, you're right. Because it's, yeah. That's, you would that's, get booted. That is crazy. If yeah. he said that today, YouTube would be like, you're out of here. Election denier. Unless, unless he was trying to talk about Trump. Now, Trump, it would be mm-hmm. like applauded. So it would be, it would be that. Um, but it is interesting. There was stuff. There was um, something else I was re- I It seems so much you can read into history and then it feels like you're talking about today and it's like 20 30 yeah. years ago i mean i read there was a book called um ghost wars and it was basically dirt in afghanistan during um prior to the russian invasion the people in afghanistan they attacked our consulate um and it was basically i was it, i read this book at the same time like benghazi happened and i'm like it felt like the first chapter felt like it was I was reading a book about what was going on in Benghazi, like when when our consulate was attacked. Like that's what it felt like when I was reading this. So it's like there's so much in history that you can look back and say, and and just it's like mirrors, and it's not even just repeating itself. It like mirrors itself just in different areas. Yeah, and we forget. We're just we constantly forget. So Robbie says, remember something from, he said he remembers something from similar from the nineties. It wasn't taxes and spend. It was contribute and invest. So when we were talking about the the word games that they play. So yeah, it used to be instead of tax and spend, it was invest. (laughs) Contribute. You're now it's stealing. Contributing. Yeah. You're contributing to the overall good of society. (laughs) Now, there was one more clip um, and did you it's Debbie Wasserman Schultz, if you know who that is. Yes. And this is one thing I can't stand about some of these hearings is this is just bad because I mean, well, one, she's taking Joe Rogan clips and two, well, just watch it. You'll see. You'll see exactly what I want to talk about. Probably. Please do not interrupt me. Elon Musk spoon-fed Elon Musk spoon-fed you his cherry-picked information, which you must have suspected promotes a slanted viewpoint, or at the very least generates another right-wing conspiracy theory. You violated your own standard, and you appear to have benefited from it. Before the release of emails in, of emails in August of last year, you had 661,000 Twitter followers. After the Twitter files, your followers doubled. And now it's three times what it was last August. I imagine your Substack readership, which is a subscription, increased significantly because of the work that you did for Elon Musk. Now, I'm not asking you to put a dollar figure on it, but it's quite obvious that you've profited from the Twitter files. You hit the jackpot on that Vegas slot machine to which you referred. That's true, isn't it? I've also reinvested. You've made a lo- some. No, 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 no. Is it true that you have profited since you were, rece- you were this recipient of the Twitter files? You've made money. Yes or no? I Very think simple. it's probably a wash, honestly. No, nope. you, you have made money that you did not have before, correct? <laughs> but I've also spent money that I did. And I a whole group of people what's the obvious answer? Reclaiming my time. Attention <laughs> is a powerful drug. Eyeballs, money, prominence, attention. All of it points to problems with accuracy and credibility. And the larger point, which is social media companies are not biased against conservatives. And if anything, they what? own policies <laughs> by allowing Trump and other MAGA extremists who post incessant lies, endangering public safety, and even our democracy. Hypocrisy is the hangover of an addiction to attention. Uh, so awful. Just I'm so glad I haven't been watching this because this makes me angry. It, it, it makes your blood boil. The yeah, absolutely. Because this, this is so this is what's really just awful. They drag and and they he and obviously Aaron Rupard isn't going to play the full clip where, um, um, Jim Jordan allows Matt Talibi an opportunity to actually respond to this, um, right. because he's being attacked. He was not even given an opportunity, and, and Jim Jordan actually says, "We invited them here to talk." 
We didn't invite them here so that you could just attack them. Basically. Attack them. And by the way, <clears throat> if you're a journalist who's breaking probably the most important, uh, one of the most important stories since Watergate, which is what Matt Taibbi and the Twitter files journalists are doing. If no wonder his readership increased, it should increase. It his, should. The number of people following him should increase because that's a result of doing great journalism when everyone else is afraid to touch it. So exactly. Would she sit there with the New York times and be like, got a lot of readers, huh? Make a lot of money, huh? Doing your journalism. <laughs> people read you, huh? Like, like yeah. well, I guess I'm doing a good job. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the point is to be doing a good job. And if it wasn't good, accurate information, then people wouldn't read it. She's just mad that they can't silence it. That's yeah. really what it is. I mean, yeah. she's just mad that they can't use this for their own, you know, gains. Um, it, it's quite obvious what they're doing with that. It's, it's disgusting. Um, but that's what I was like. You bring people in to literally talk over them and not give them an opportunity to respond because you just want to attack like this. That's not what these hearings are for. The hearings are to ask questions and yes and no questions like that. Don't really, you know, obviously you saw her get frustrated because he wouldn't just say, yes, I've made more money. It's like, but I've also reinvested. No, no, but you've also made more money that you also have more money that came in than came in before. Yes. I make money because I get more viewership. You know, like right. that's the point of being a journalist is to make being, more money. <laughs> being good at what you do is because you're, if you're good at it and you're successful, I mean, that's, that is the point. I would like to know what she did before she got into politics. Do you know? Oh, I don't remember. I know. Uh, I forget. Was it, was it Rush Limbaugh used to call her Debbie Blabbermouth Wasserman Schultz or, or Wasserman <laughs> Schultz or something like that? <laughs> But, but that's the thing is, I don't know. And here's the, I don't even know what she does in Congress or where she's from. I know the name and cause she's just God awful anyways, but it's like, she's, I, know, I mean, ask her how much more money she's made over the hundred and what is that? That's what I was going to ask. They make. <laughs> so before you got into politics, Debbie, what were you doing? Hmm? What were you doing? The more successful you became in politics and the higher you rose, did you have more people donating to you? Did you, did you? <laughs> did you have more people or, following you yeah or like, did you <laughs> that's a good point it's like I mean, yeah did you did, 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 did your did you... in your chat sorry in no. your chat bubbly noodle let me see you made money doing your job and you did more of your job so you made more <laughs> money right <laughs> that's perfect that's exactly what it is it is you make more money doing your jobs because you did more of it and you did a lot more important of it and so yeah you're gonna make more money right and so that's wrong because i guess capitalism <laughs> funny, because more people voluntarily donate their money and that um so the government can literally come and steal that money from you <laughs> it's that's just um I don't know. That's I don't I don't have a lot of words for that. It's just she has a lot of audacity. Yeah. I believe it that. It's absolutely insane. <clears throat> but shifting gears, let's talk about so there is a new article out from the Daily Caller today, and this is kind of shifting into the trans medical, like the trans kids aspect of things. Um, so it's really interesting. So Daily Caller reports we were wrong. Uh Pioneer one of the pioneers in child gender dysphoria treatment says trans medical industry is harming kids. So this is one wow. of the people that was like on the forefront, like one of the people that recommended puberty blockers to children and kind of just skipping through. It's like, so Susan Bradley, a Canadian psychiatrist and pioneer in gender dysphoria treatment came out against the popular model of affirmation, children's transgender identities and putting them on puberty blockers. A practice she was once involved in an interview with a daily caller, uh, news foundation so bradley started a pediatric gender clinic in 1975 aimed at treating children with gender dysphoria or a deep sense of discomfort with one's body and biological sex in which she offered therapy focused approach most patients outgrew their feelings being transgender over time she told the dncf around 2000 child 
the clinic began prescribing puberty blockers and gender dysphoric children as a way to alleviate their distress, a model which has since become widely adopted by medical establishments around the world. Bradley, who is now in her early 80s, expresses regret that the clinic had participated in the administration of puberty blockers for gender dysphoria, which she now believes can cement a child's sense of confusion out of which they would likely outgrow. She also yes. expressed concerns about the drug side effects. Um, yes. Yeah, she says. So, yeah. So she goes on to say we were wrong. They're not reversible, as we always thought. And they have long term effects on kids growth and development, including making them sterile quite a number of things affecting bone growth. Um, and that's just, I mean, she goes on and continues to just talk about why these are not reversible. Now this is huge and only the daily caller so far that I've seen has reported on this. Wow. I, I hadn't even seen this yet. I know there's a lot of these people who work uh, in healthcare with uh, so-called gender affirming care for kids who are now coming out and blowing the whistle and saying they don't agree with it anymore. And here's what they've seen, but I did not hear about her. She's the third one I've heard about recently. And, yeah. and she's right. I mean, the thing is, of course it's, of course some of the side effects are not reversible and it's children. So the point at the, the end of one of those paragraphs, you know, aside from the, the physical uh, changes, some of which are not reversible, You've also got the psychological aspect. I'm glad she's talking about that, where a yeah. child might get locked into this idea of themselves, something that they might otherwise leave behind, abandon, resolve in some other way. And you're not giving the, them the opportunity to do that as a child. You're not saying, hey, wait, let's see how things shake out until you know, you're old enough yep. to make this decision. We're just saying you know, the way it's been going for the past 10 to 15 years is you just say, oh, okay, four-year-old, I guess you're right. Let's get you started down this path and cement this identity in your head now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, <laughs> it goes back to my article that, which we talked about on your show mm -hmm. about the sunk cost fallacy. And that's what puberty blockers do. Like, that's why there's a, there's a reason why 98%, like it sounds like 98% of those that go on puberty blockers stay on puberty blockers or they go on to cross sex hormones because it locks them kind of into yeah. it, which is also why we don't have the data to really show the full side effects. Like, because I had an argument with a politician here in Georgia, a Republican politician at, at that, who said that puberty blockers, once if you come off of them, you will go through a normal puberty like anyone else. And the problem is, is he also admitted that there was not a lot of data on that. And part of the issue why we don't have a lot of data on that is because um, there's not a lot of people coming you know, not going on cross-sex hormones. Everybody's going straight to cross-sex hormones. So there's not really this data to say what happens if we just stop them um, to compare it exactly and to your point like sh so she actually goes on in this paragraph right here that says we thought it was relatively safe and and endocrinologist said they were they're reversible and that we didn't have to worry about it i had this skepticism in the back of my mind all the time that maybe we were actually colluding and not helping them and i think that's proven correct in that once these kids started at any age on puberty blockers, nearly all of them continue to want to go under cross-sex hormones. I mean, it's exactly what you were just saying, yeah. and she's uh, confirming it. But that's also what we saw out of uh, from who is it? Jamie Reed, who is the whistleblower in yes. St. Louis. Like Jamie she, Reed, same thing. She was like a hundred percent, a hundred percent of kids continue yeah. and end up getting. Yeah. yeah, it was something astronomical and. and and she was saying, you don't, you don't get that kind of a number. Like that doesn't happen. You're no. going to usually have a certain number of people that say, well, I'm going to stop or I'm going to do that, you know, but to have a hundred percent of cases say, okay, sign me up for that next part. Th that's an indication that there's something psychologically happening that you're locking people into this one path and the other path doesn't even seem like an option. And then later no, what yeah. you're getting is this regret where people are, detransitioning after they've already made a lot of these medical choices that have in some cases affected their body permanently. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's what we're seeing a lot of, and yeah, you're right. It's been over like the last five or six years that we've seen this rise. And now we're starting to see the number of detransitioners skyrocket, which I've, I've, I've talked about this before. I predicted it in 2018. I saw 
the trans trender movement happening. And I said, I got kicked out of Reddit groups for saying that when the detransition rate skyrockets, it's going to harm trans people. And that's exactly what we're seeing right now. People are coming after people like me who have been speaking out against this stuff, but they're, they're basically now they're saying there are no good trans people. Blair White's getting attacked by people on the right and people on the left because of, of what we're seeing, the craziness that's happening in, in this movement. Because people, unfortunately, I think some people, it's easier just to see things in black and white. Yeah. Us, us and them, you know, and not actually listen to what people are saying or to have that nuance there. I think yep. it's very important to have trans people, people who experience gender dysphoria, who live as the opposite sex, to to I think it's very important to have them speak out against against medically and and you know uh chemically transitioning children because yeah. that's that's the kind of voice that the left likes to claim they're speaking for. That's why that's important. It's yeah. very important. You, Sarah, bring a whole different weight to this issue than I do. You know what I mean? The same way yeah, that, no. um, you know, uh, my friend who's who's black and not woke, who who co-hosts with me on Wednesday nights, he brings a whole different weight to this issue, to the issue of, uh, yeah. you know, the race issue that's in social justice and gets in trouble for it at work um, <laughs> because, he's, <laughs> because he's anti-woke and black. And they're like, what are you? But it's like, you know, that brings a different weight to it because they like to claim to speak for you. You know, if you're black, yep. if you're a woman, if you're trans, if you're gay. Well, we see it so often too. And now, like, shoot, this thing was going. This this thing was trending on Twitter the other day. Remember, there was this girl who again was tra- this trans woman who was trying to say that she was getting her period every month, and it's like, no, 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 that's not happening. It's not a period. You don't have a uterus. You can't shed your lining. Do you that's ever look is. at this stuff and are just like cringe? Like, I'm not one of you. <laughs> like, well, it came yeah. up. And then I said, I said, you have to, you're a troll, right? Like the only way that anybody actually thinks that they can get a period as a trans woman is like set in satire. I would have to think because it's so ridiculous. Right. No. And she, she quote tweeted me. And said, no, I'm trans. You can deal with it. Bigot. Called me a bigot. And I retweeted her and said, honey, that's not a period. That's probably just gas, but you might want to go get it checked out. Exactly. (laughs) And then that caused everybody to then quote tweet this poor, not poor because they were way out of line, but this person just getting lambasted. Actually, I think Blair retweeted it, like quote tweeted. It was like everybody. I'm like, what did I start? <laughs> well, no, I've seen some of those people and and I've I've been down some weird rabbit holes on Twitter and Reddit and there's I don't know what you would call I hesitate to call them um trans women because I think they give I think they give people with gender dysphoria a bad name. I'm not convinced that they have gender dysphoria. I think it's more of a fetish um, for some yeah, of these people. I think some and, of it, some of it's, it's about control. They like yeah. the feeling that they can use this to control people. It's not even that yes. it's just a sexual fetish. I think it's, that's what it is. They're and like, and for point. some of those I people, can, like they I, have severe mental illness and they really do believe yep. that they can have their period or they, I've seen forums and stuff where they all trade tips on how to uh, simulate having a period by using tomato juice and stuff. So, and it's like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. Now I will, I will say, cause they started to shift their tone, but this is the whole thing. Somebody then another person, I think it was one of these white knights, you know, was trying to come in and again, try to, it's so funny. I call it cisplain to them. I call okay. it the leftist cisplaining to me because they're trying to explain to me what being trans is like <laughs> <laughs> and they're not trans. And so, but they, they sent, they sent me this article that was, and I'm like, it literally says that there's no data on this in the very first paragraph. Like, what are you talking about? Like the, it, and it says most of it's psychosomatic. Now what they were, I, I'm going to, and this might be being generous to these people, but I am going to say that, yes, being on hormones can give you some sort of cycle. They also say that men, biological men who are, you know, just just men, have emotional cycles too. 
And so if you're, you know, so they say men experience like PMS like symptoms sometimes. And so I can see that that might affect your mental state, you know, at different points of the month, but you're not shedding your uterine lining. And if you're not cycling your hormones, then you're not doing it. Now you actually see it more. You see this type of emotional swings more with trans women who are injecting estrogen instead of taking the pill. Because if you think about it, you inject uh, estrogen and your mm-hmm. levels spike. And then as they decline, your emotional like, like, so when you inject, emotional cycle. Okay. Yeah. So it, so it, kind, it, it does. It, it kind of mimics an emotional cycle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like I said, I might be, I'm probably being a little bit generous as to what they meant, but I do I think know you're that being there's very been generous, that, but okay. <laughs> there, has been, there has been science that has shown again, like men have emotional cycles too. Um, but like, and I don't feel like I have like a cycle each month. Um, so I don't know what they're talking about. It doesn't make any sense. I think, (laughs) well, if you're a man who lives with a woman, you might have an emotional cycle that coincides with hers. (laughs) A reaction. <laughs> well, I, th- I, it's kind of the same. Well, I think you're right, and I also think that that kind of comes with, you know, how women sync up and and stuff like that too <laughs> when they live together. And so, but it's it is interesting. I don't know. I mean, I live with a female, and I don't know if I don't notice anything different. It's not like I know when she's on her on her period because you know, she's any different. Or, I guess you know. I don't know. <laughs> there's this. Have you ever seen the movie with um? Oh gosh, Russell Brand. And it's called Get Him to the Greek. It's it's just a silly comedy. I forget the other guy that's in it. Uh, but there's one line in that movie that my husband, I think, is really funny. And it's where this woman's being very emotional. And the, and the guy's like, are you on your period? And she gets really <laughs> offended. And what's so funny about that is most of the time... It's actually true. You probably are. <laughs> like, you know? like, so he'll just like ask me if I'm emotional. I'm like, are you on your... And it's like, well, yeah. <laughs> but what does that have to do with anything? Well, that used to be the joke, right? You could never ask. Like, It's probably just that time of the month. That was like the big no-no. Like, You can't say that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, as a feminist, as a social justice feminist, I would have gotten offended about that too. The old me been like, how dare you? How dare you? And now I'm like, well, it's your truth. Yeah. It's right. <laughs> yeah. But back to like these whistleblowers, you know, like I think the whole Jamie Reed thing is fascinating because she was, is a self-proclaimed radical leftist who her politics are further to the left of Bernie Sanders and she's married yes. to a trans man. She's married to a trans man. She describes herself as queer. She is, it, it is going to be very hard for them to give her that treatment we talked about before that they like to give to people on the left who go against the narrative, like, you know, yeah. suddenly smearing and hating Julian Assange or Elon Musk or Matt Taibbi or whoever. It's hard to do that to her because she's a queer woman married to a trans right. man. Well, they, the, I, what I have noticed is they've shifted their tactics, though, to where they are like, she is, like, now they're just saying, oh, she was just a receptionist. She didn't really deal with this stuff. That, she wasn't. Which is not true. Yeah. She's a case manager. Yeah. Which deals intimately with this type very of intimately and so they're trying to discredit her in different ways you know and so they got like four parents that had went to the the clinic and tried to get them to say no this didn't happen and they said it but it was only like a very like anecdotal amount of parents that were like this didn't happen to us yeah <laughs> yeah they, That's what they, they always do they are switching their tactics you're right with someone like her they have to what are they gonna do yeah they're gonna sue. And speaking of suing, on to our next topic. <laughs> actually, 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 to that point though, I've actually kind of talked about this a little bit. I think that the lawsuits, like Chloe Cole's lawsuit, and the whistleblowers are going to be key in ending this stuff. I mean, I'm working on legislation, but in blue states, okay, there's no other way to end this type of stuff in blue states other than lawsuits, which actually take away the incentive. For these doctors to be performing this type yes. of stuff yes people are going to have to get sued yeah i think parents and doctors are going to be sued because yeah. children can't consent to this what you know it's like what no. were we thinking 
it's it's really interesting because they always talk about consent, but they don't talk about consent when it comes to children being able to consent to life altering procedures. Right. Right. It's it suddenly goes out the window. I find that's the best way to present it when I do talk to people on the left who have just sort of uncritically gone along with this is I just ask them, you know, in our society, we are, we're a society that has laws and certain things we've agreed on are a violation of other people's rights. And we've, as a society decided that children need to be protected, that they are not the same as adults and and so we have a variety of things that we do not allow children to do that we allow adults to do. And like yeah. smoking and driving and drinking and having sex with adults and and voting and serving the military, all getting a tattoo, all of these things. And yet you think that a child can choose to uh, take hormones that might sterilize them for life? Yeah, I think I, I try to give a lot of people a lot of grace on this issue. I think that they are just uneducated on the issue and most people want to do the right thing. You know, it's, they, they think that they're doing what is right by these kids because they've been manipulated to say that these kids are going to commit suicide if they don't get this treatment so that this is life-saving. It's not life-saving. It's like, if you, you know, it's going to help very minimal people. In fact, if, you know, if you transition and then it's wrong for you and you feel like you've ruined your life, then what do you do? You know, exactly. it's the opposite of life saving. Exactly. And they don't care about that. They'll say, if it saves only one life, when, when that supports whatever it is they're pushing, doesn't even have to be related to yeah. trans issues, but they won't say that if, if it goes against like, like with a lot of things, I think when you're in an ideology, like social justice or woke, um, they're not consistent. They're not intellectually consistent. They don't have principles. They just say whatever they need to that's expedient in the moment to emotionally manipulate you over to their side. Yeah, I absolutely agree. It's well, yeah, if it just saves one life, it's like, okay, so you harm the, you harm nine to save one. That's kind of what we're doing. It's like, mm-hmm. cause 90% will usually grow out of it. So you're going to do yeah. that to save one. It's hard to, it's hard to, um, hard to fathom. Yeah. So Adrian, thank you. It says, thanks for doing this work. Love from a trans widow. Thank you for supporting me because I know a lot of trans widows that don't really appreciate people like me because um, it's the ideology that's kind of ruined um, relationships and marriages. And, um, I hate, I don't like the term trans widow. If you guys know, I don't. So trans widow is a, is, so it's a woman who, or I guess man, you could be, but who was married to somebody. And then they kind of, they, they transitioned and it ended their marriage. Oh, okay. And so it it goes along with using like the term dead name. Okay. I see. Like Like there was a death. Yeah. And so like, I, I don't know if we've talked about this before. I don't like the term. I understand what, what it means, but um, it's just like dead name. I don't like the term dead name because like for me, I'm always the same person as I was. It's not like I died. Um, but for a lot of the trans widows, I can see why they would use it because they feel like they married somebody that they, and, and that person died when they, when they uh, came out as trans. Um, but a lot of trans widows don't really, uh, well, blame people like me for pushing an ideology um and you know i was married before i transitioned um but me and my ex-wife are good like it's it wasn't and and actually we stayed together for a year and a half after we um you know after we after i came out and i wasn't demanding that's part of it too is a lot of times it's the the it's usually the man who is demanding that they be allowed to transition and stuff like that and stay in this relationship Mm -hmm. or not it's like the demand of that none of that happened with my me and my ex-wife but i feel like i still get lumped in because i was married before i decided to go this route Mm -hmm. um but that's something that me and my ex have to we've worked on but again adriana thank you again for uh supporting me um i like the red flower in her profile pic yeah it's cute right so before you go we got uh five minutes i want to see if you um have you seen this story 
Man's no. Buffalo Wild Wings claims boneless wings are basically glorified chicken nuggets. <laughs> is I that mean, a real story? I, yes. I, yes. Here it is. This is the case. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, aren't they glorified chicken nuggets? Don't you know that yeah. going in? I was going to say, <laughs> I, I, when I read the article, I was like, I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> but he's claiming that because they don't come from the wing, they they come from the chicken breast. So it's chicken breast, just like a chicken nugget. And so it's false advertising. Well, <laughs> like, that would be most of fast food, sir. I hate to break your bubble, <laughs> but, you know, isn't it McDonald's milkshakes? That's like mostly potato powder. Like one of those fast food chains puts a lot of <laughs> potato powder in their in their shakes. And you're like, hmm, this is dairy. No, <laughs> you know. This is ice cream. Hmm. Maybe. Oh my God. It, it's, I, I'm, I saw this and I'm like, yes. And actually th- in the article, it discusses like the prices. So like, uh, apparently like a 10 piece at Buffalo Wild Wings is like $10 for their, um, for their boneless wings. And then it goes down. It's like a 10 piece at McDonald's. is only $5. So by them advertising them as wings, they're able to mark them up. I'm like, right. <laughs> I'm just this, like, you got to be kidding me. This is but, just I mean, happens. not wrong. <laughs> I mean, Best Buy, nobody sued them yet. They're not always the Best Buy. Is that false advertising? That's just, we know that's just what things are like. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you go to Buffalo Wild Wings. I mean, their their name, it's in the name, Buffalo Wild Wings. But not everything <laughs> that they serve are wings. I mean, they do serve beer and they do serve hamburgers. They do serve a lot of different things other than wings. <laughs> right. <laughs> and are they wild? Did they, I was just going to say. Chi- <laughs> were they actually wild? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't think they caught these chickens in the wild. I'm pretty sure they were raised on a farm. <laughs> these are boring wings, okay? They're not wild. <laughs> but Carrie, uh, we are at the top of the hour, so you got I know you gotta get going. So. Oh, I gotta run. I'm gonna be on the night's edge. Sarah Before you go, yeah, let everybody know where they can find you and uh Oh, yeah, you can find me at Deprogrammed with Carrie Smith. And here I'll put um a little word in the chat. So you can click on it and find me and on Twitter and, and Instagram and everywhere at uh, real Carrie Smith, K-E-R-I Smith. I actually think you can find you on YouTube the same way. Cause that's your yes. handle, right? Yes. I so changed did you, it. Actually, did you know you can add these little things on the bottom? So you see how I have my, ha- my Twitter handle underneath. No, I didn't know that. Oh, I got to do that. Okay. Yeah. They just added that on here. So you can do that. That's with this, handy. But... Okay. I'm going to do that. But again, I'm going to go ahead and, uh, end the stream here and thank everybody for joining thank you again for coming on this was this i always was so love much talking fun. to I, you i know we always have so much fun yeah. and it's it's just it's always a great time so and so now you've been on my show and like i said second episode first episode Woo-hoo! of the guest host thank you um and everybody out there make sure you click that like subscribe button follow both of us across all social media platforms and we will see you next time